I want you to uh, uh, go ahead and get your sermon notes out. I want to talk to you today out of a topic that we've been dealing with for the last uh, few weeks. Uh, and it's, what's it all about? Anybody ever had that question, what's it all about? Lift your hand and wave at me so I don't feel alone, all right? What's it all about? Sometimes when you come to church, you can get caught in, uh, in a what's it all about kind of a situation in your own life. Does that make sense? Uh, it's as though you are, you know, you're, you're saying things, but you're not sure what it's about. And, uh, and faith, how many know faith is a great thing? Anybody know faith is a great thing? And it is, faith suggests that I don't necessarily understand everything, but I believe because God's word says it. All right? You just hold on to it. But I believe that if you read the Word of God, one of the things you're going to find is explanation. And if you study God's Word, one of the revelations that I have is sometimes we read a lot of Bible stories, but we are contextually illiterate. We don't necessarily know where those stories come from or why those stories even matter. And, and so, so when it comes to the resurrection, I want to contend with that today. We've talked about so much uh, we talked about the kingdom of God. We've talked about the cross. We've talked about why it matters today. Uh, I want to talk about the resurrection. And I want to discuss why it matters. And I'm going to give you the answer in the beginning. And then we'll build up to it. Everybody shout those two words. Come alive. Somebody shout come alive. Come alive. And I'm going to teach from that topic come alive. Now, something else that we're giving you on the way out the door, as long as they last, okay? We have, for every family, we have a, cup, a Come Alive devotional book so that you can take it home because we want your growth to continue, not just while you're here on a Sunday, but we want it to continue so that you can pray together and you can continue to learn and continue to develop. So today we're going to talk about coming alive Emery threw the song in because he lives. How many have heard that song before today? Anybody else knew that? I remember, you know, I'm so old. Don't ask how old are you, but I'm, I'm so old that I remember when that song was a new song, all right? And uh, I remember singing it when, I, when we were kids. My brothers and I, we used to travel and sing and, and uh, think about, wow, that's a, that's a new song. We're really edgy. And now it's like an old hymn to everybody. Uh, but those words, because he lives... I can face tomorrow because he lives. All my fear is gone because I know he holds the future. Life is worth the living because he lives. Sometimes we need an understanding of life because I mean, the reality is there are folks that are alive, but sometimes they feel like anybody seen a zombie movie before. Come on, confess. Come on. Anybody ever seen a or seen? I mean, I think it's been on forever now. The Walking Dead. All right. I used to really like that because I look so much like Grimes, you know, and uh, you know, okay, watch this, girl, okay, so anyway, uh, but just the whole idea of The Walking Dead, you know, it really, I think, even though perhaps you, you know, those are weird shows, and don't go home and say, Pastor Rick said we could all watch zombie movies, don't do that to me, but uh, everybody knows, you know, if we were to kick in the music to Thriller today, and some of you would be doing all that stuff that I can't do, you know. Yeah, that's the way it goes. That's all there is to it, I guess. But anyway, because we have, 
we have a background in it. You know what I'm saying? Just the idea. And I sometimes wonder, where did all of that come from? Where did all that creativity? Was somebody just sitting around one day and thinking, I need to write a movie. I think I'll write The Living Dead. Uh, or would it, could it be a possibility that it was, it was inspired from the negativity that some people have in their lives? Uh, that it's a possibility just to be walking but not accomplishing anything. Uh, just breathing but not really living. And uh, I, I wouldn't suggest that, you know, I, I don't want, I'm not trying to just turn something up emotionally in you. That's not what I'm doing. But I want you to pay attention to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus from a different perspective because the resurrection means everything. Come on. Have you ever heard that? You know, how many know I'm a fan of American Idols? Anybody know I'm a fan of American Idol? Okay. Just because my daughter sings on the show every week, all right? So, uh, but still, I'm a fan of it. Uh, but I always know what they're going to say, you know, when somebody gets to go through to the next level and they say, what does this mean to you? And what do they say? It means everything. Okay, and guess what? It doesn't. It doesn't. But what I'm teaching you today is that there is something that does mean everything and changes everything. I've had some amazing moments in my life. Anybody had some amazing moments in your life? I mean, these, these great moments. So, uh, you know, I'm a romantic and uh, I love to talk about my wife. But, hey, the one Sunday morning I was at church when she reached over and held my hand or I reached over and her, held her hand. I don't remember, but... After that day, of course, I, I was already totally infatuated. I was already planning, you know, she didn't know it, but she was going to be my girlfriend. I, I was just after that, all right? Now, she was way too young to be holding hands in church from my perspective now. But then it was perfect, all right? Uh, or anywhere else. But, uh, but I, I tell you, I, got, any, got any weeping grooms in the house? Anybody? You know what I'm saying? My... My life was transformed out of that particular relationship. It was just transformed. I mean, I love her. I love her. I'm just so grateful. I want to be with her more than anybody else. I just, I'm, maybe I need therapy, but I'm just, I'm that guy, you know? I just, I love that moment when, when uh, my kids were born, uh, you know, they're all, they're grown and like, they don't even get to go to like young adult things anymore. I mean, like they're really old now. And, uh, uh you know my grandson Malachi is 12? That is weird, okay? Uh, and Avalyn is, she's getting old too. I mean, Avi is, Preston says, don't talk about that, Dad. Okay, I heard that. All right, but, you know, she's 20 months old already, you know? I mean, she's, sooner or later you get to that time where you stop counting the months. How many are way past that? Uh, because, you, you know, you're in the hundreds and you just don't want to talk about it. But, uh, uh, I mean, when she was born... Uh, when my grandchildren were born, my children were born. I mean, it just transforms me. But that, those moments changed my life forever. Am I right? I remember when, I, when a child was born, I was like, what? You know, you just slap yourself on the head. Everything is different. Is that, does that make sense to anybody in the house? Everything is different. My life has a different purpose right now. Me breathing is not nearly important as somebody else. Uh, I've been places before. I... Uh, anybody been out of the country? I haven't been as many times as some of you, but uh, but uh, the the first time, uh, you know, we, I went one time to Maui. Okay, who's ever been to Hawaii or one of the islands? Anybody? Look at those lucky people there. Okay, so uh, it was at that time. It was our it was an anniversary, and our children wanted to take us take notes 
people who have grown parents. All right, my children wanted to take us to Maui for our wedding anniversary and pay for it. And we humbled ourselves and said, yes. <laughs> it was tough. We just gritted our teeth and went. But uh, so we, we get to Maui and it's, have you ever been to some place that's just so spectacular that you can't get it out of your head? And it made you understand a little bit more about the plan of paradise. God, God, God has given us some little glimpses, but if you're driving the road to Hana and you pull over and you look over one of those cliffs out at the water and you think, wow, there's nothing more beautiful. I want you to know there is something that's more beautiful. But when you see things, they inspire you and they can inspire you more than you could imagine. Now, I'm telling you all of those things and I'm telling you that I know you weren't there, but the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, whether you have accepted him as your own or not, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ changed everything about your life. More than children, more than vacations, more than your marriage, more than anything, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus changes your life. I want you to know that it is fundamental in our life. We believe in certain things. Anybody have any beliefs? Anybody? You know, it's like, I believe you're going to preach forever, Pastor Rick. I'm not. I'm not. I'll amen eventually. But when I say we believe, there are things that we believe. Whether you're at church every Sunday on Freedom or not, there are some things that you believe and you hold dear. Right? Am I right? We believe in one God. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, the, Ma the Almighty, the Maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe, that's a good place to say amen, it really is. We believe in God. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father. He is, he is God in the flesh. And we believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, that he uh, lived a sinless life, that he was killed, murdered, crucified. But we also believe that on the third day, he rose again. And that when he rose again, he, he rose victorious over death himself, but as our king, Everybody that places their faith in Jesus Christ can come alive. And I, and I know that some of you may struggle with this belief. You may struggle with this understanding. Uh, and, uh, but, but it's something that we call salvation. When we, talk, when we use words like, uh, I'm saved, I'm I'm born again. When we use those particular words, they are fundamentally uh, established in our belief that Jesus Christ uh, was born, he was crucified, and he rose again and is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And we believe this deeply because Jesus lives and because I put my faith in him. When I do that, the spirit of Christ comes and dwells with me and inside of me. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And out of that indwelling of the spirit of Jesus in my life, uh, I, am, I have the inner witness that I'm, I belong to him. I'm saved. Now, 
Has, has anybody ever confessed Jesus as their Lord? Has anybody ever done that? Wave at me if you've ever said Jesus is your Lord. So that's another confession you just made by waving. But uh, we believe a few things. One, we believe that Jesus uh, saves us. So I am saved. But I'm also on a journey. So out of that, not only am I saved, but I am being saved. And one day I will be eternally saved. So I'm saved. This is settled. I believe in Jesus. Secondly, uh, I'm going through a journey. So I'm being changed. I'm being saved every day. I'm rescued every day. And thirdly, Jesus is going to return. I'm going to be with him. So uh, those are just about preached the whole sermon there. Hallelujah. But uh, it's Easter. And I'm not going to stop. So uh, when I say come alive, uh, I want to tell you, first of all, we come alive when we accept or confess Jesus. We, we come alive. Jesus gives the story of the gospel when he started telling his disciples this. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to heaven, suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and, and, and be killed and be raised on the third day. That's the fundamental. That are, those are the chapters of the story of the Lord Jesus. So this is good. But I think at times we struggle with this message. I would, I would suggest that there are people in this very room right now. That, that, that this is an issue. That you think you understand Jesus. But your understanding of Jesus is a mess. And so even though it's Easter Sunday... Uh, you're here and I'm teaching you these things and it is Easter, it's the season of resurrection. Even though that is, even though that is so, your understanding of Jesus could... I love jelly beans. Anybody else? Everybody loves jelly beans. Well, thanks, Preston. Yeah. yeah, no problem. I was just uh, filling some Easter eggs. Why would you... The egg hunt is over. Well, we have another one going on this afternoon. Oh, okay. Um, but... Yeah, Those are Skittles! No, not Skittles. Skittle jelly no, beans. Starburst. Starburst! I don't know your jelly beans. I don't know my jelly beans. And these are jumbos. I should lose my ordination. Right. So. Um, but I was wondering if you could give me a hand filling some of these up. Okay, I will. How many can we can we eat them as we do sure, this? Sure, why not? That's part of the rule, I think. Yeah. Man, I love Everybody this. loves Easter, right? Everybody loves Easter, right? Yeah. I also get the um, Starburst ones because they don't have the black um, jelly beans. Licorice ones or what? Who loves those jelly beans? Lift my hand if you love those jelly beans. No. Okay, so. Oh, you like licorice. It's licorice. No, come back. Don't take my jelly beans. Okay. So, Easter. Yeah, I like Easter. You know, it's fun to eat jelly beans. But Jesus, in order for us to get to Easter, Jesus really went through some bad stuff. Yeah, man, he did. Jesus, whatever happened to that guy? What? I wonder whatever happened to that guy. Jesus? Yeah. Uh, he. He did some cool things like Jesus. He he died on the cross. I'm gonna take a step back. Um. He died on the cross. Hold on. He died on the cross. Yeah, Jesus. He died on the cross. No, that's gotta be a different guy. No. Uh, it has to be a different guy. No. Hold on. So like, no, he like. You think it's a different Jesus? Yeah, it was like Jesus, uh, what's his last name? Jesus! Died on the cross? Jesus! I think you got it wrong. No, Jesus. Oh. Jesus, the Jesus that died on the cross. 
And then rose again after three days. Hold on a second. He he rose again? Yes! Tomb Jesus. We're talking about Tomb Jesus. Tomb Jesus. Tomb Jesus and died on the cross, Jesus. Same Jesus. Risen Jesus. Risen Jesus. Died on the cross, Jesus. Like, you know, raise the dead, Jesus. Water the wine, Jesus. We like that, Jesus. (laughs) That might be one of my favorite Jesus. That's why we're all here today. No, it's all the same Jesus. Crazy. Jesus died on the cross. Did Jesus died on the cross? Rose from the grave after three days. Same Jesus uh, ascended to heaven, sitting at the right hand of the Father. That's Jesus. This changes everything. Yeah, it changes everything. Like history. Changes. It, it changed history. Yeah, I, literally. Literally. You know what else changes? What? I gotta find someone else to get Jesus for his birthday. Okay, Easter's not his birthday. Huh? Everybody take a breath. He's gone. Alright. I kind of hear that. I, and I know that might have been an extreme. But sometimes I think, we think there's like all kinds of Jesus in our life. We have all of these different Jesuses. Like we have Sunday Jesus and we have Monday Jesus. We got Saturday night Jesus. You know what I'm saying? We got, come on. We got the name of Jesus that we use when somebody's preaching. And the name of Jesus that we use when somebody just hurt our feelings. You know what I'm saying? It's just a different Jesus. So uh, look at somebody and tell them there's only one Jesus. Tell them there's only one Jesus. And, And there's some things that you may not know about him. Okay, Jesus was not just a man. Jesus was both God and man. And Jesus, just say the name Jesus. Say the name Jesus. Say it, Jesus. Now say it, like just say it really loud so the person is disturbed who's sitting next to you. Jesus! Oh, okay, back off. All right, so Jesus, his name means that he has come to save us. So when the angel said, call his name Jesus, it wasn't that the angel was sitting around and was researching favorite baby names and came up with the name Jesus. The name Jesus literally is to save, the one who saves. The Hebrew is Yeshua, and it was transliterated uh, so that we use the name Jesus. so, So you can say Yeshua, you can say Jesus, but... You know, there's some names you just know what they name, what they mean, right? They just know. Like, how many know what my name means? My name is Ricky. All right, Ricky, Ricky Jean. Thank you for bringing that up. Okay. <laughs> my name is. It's a good Kentucky name. It's Ricky Jean. Ricky Jean. That was my name. Ricky Jean. Still my name. On my birth certificate, it's not Richard. It's Ricky Jean. And but when you hear that name, you don't know what it means. You just think, well, anybody named Ricky Jean's got to be a fun guy. That's what you're thinking. I mean, it's a, it, I ought to be able to play the guitar. I don't play much, but, but still, I mean, that kind of a name. And, and a lot of names I still know. You know, I know when people have certain names, uh, I know what they mean. But basically, for most of us, uh, when somebody speaks your name, we have an understanding of what the name is. Because now, rather than your name defining you, you define your name. Yeah. Right? Uh, However, the name of Jesus is the one who saves and he came 
and he saved us. So literally, when we accept Jesus, we accept the one who saves and we end up saved ourselves. When, when we literally, when we accept Jesus, we come alive. So I don't know if you've done this. I don't know what your understanding is of the story of the cross. I don't know what you know about it. Perhaps, uh, has anybody ever watched the movie about the crucifixion? Anybody ever done that? You know, a few years ago, there was uh, a movie that came out, The Passion of the Christ. Anybody saw that movie? I'm telling you, I watched it. I went to the theater to watch it, but I had to turn my head and look away. All right, I just, I couldn't eat popcorn and watch the movie. It's like I bought popcorn, couldn't eat it. I mean, how do you eat popcorn while you watch somebody portray your Lord and Savior being murdered? How do you do that? Couldn't eat, had to weep, I had to look down, and I've never watched it again. Never watched it again. And there's, there's a reason. There's a reason. I know that Jesus died for me. Well, let me explain it this way. I, not only do I know Jesus died for me, I have studied it enough that I know the intensity of his death. And I'm going to tell you this. I am bothered by the crucifixion. I'm greatly bothered by it. I'm bothered by the stripes that he bore. I am bothered by the nails in his hands. I am bothered by his crown of thorns. I'm bothered by the mocking and the beating of my Lord. And I've had to deal with that in my own faith. I've had to deal with this. Because I understand certain theological principles. Some, some people can go with me here. Under the understanding of atonement. See, some of us don't understand the crucifixion because we do not have a Jewish context of, Jew, of crucifixion. Uh, there are some things you have a context of. I mean, you have a context of Christmas. You know you're going to shop and spend more money than you have. That's your context, okay? But, but you don't have a context of atonement. Because every year you and your parents didn't load up everything you had and, and go on a trip for a week to Jerusalem to select a lamb that was perfect so that you could lead it into a, a place where they would kill it and then they would burn it on an altar. But if you did that every week, every, once, a, once a year, and it was like the big family gathering, you would have a different context. Because the context of it is that we're going to transfer our guilt upon this lamb. Our sin upon this lamb. And you walked away after you had had a lamb that had lived with you, hung out with you. You had named it Bambi or something. I don't know. And then you killed it. How tragic. I mean, I think that's like the most horrible idea of what you should do with your pet. That would change your context. It's changing some of your context right now. Okay, but even when I see that and then they know that in, in, in the, the prophets said Messiah would come and that he would be wounded, he would be bruised. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his wounds, his stripes, you would be healed. Even as you as you look back to the prophetic word, they knew that one day we're not going to have to take a lamb. That a lamb of God would come. That Jesus would come. Now that changes it just a little bit, but still, can I tell you, I'm still bothered by the crucifixion. I'm bothered by, I'm going to say this, you can look it up later, substitutionary atonement, I'm bothered by all of that. It just, I mean, it's like, Father, really? You would send your only son to die for me? And why did he have to go through all of that? Really? Really? 
I mean, was there like, was there like a, a list that he had to be beaten so many times that the nails had to be so sharp or so thick and driven into his hands a certain way that he had to suffer so much? Is that what all God's plan was? Why, why, why did my Lord suffer and die? And then I realized that he could have died perhaps with less punishment. But as he received the beating that he received, he also absorbed our sins into his own body. You might say, well, I didn't do that. And I'm going to say, no, I did. I was part of the crowd that said, crucify him. I was the Roman soldier. I was the one that, swung, that was swinging the whip. I was the one who said, you call yourself the king of the Jews. I was the blasphemer. I was the sinner. He absorbed all of my sins into himself. Yes. Yes. And here's something else that amazes me. The cross is a manifestation of the love of God. That he could not be beaten enough to stop loving. Some of you, all you have to do is have somebody pull you, pull in front of you in traffic and the love is over. <laughs> Pulling over in front of me. Okay. Pulling over. Screaming at people. Who do they? You don't know who they are. But watch, watch, watch. The Father manifests His love through the Son and shows us the power of forgiveness. He had forgiven sins before, but now He forgives them in an entirely different way. He says, Do whatever you want, and I'm going to look down at you and I'm going to say, Father, forgive them. And I somehow think that from the cross, even out of the wounds, Jesus looked down through the soldiers and he saw Ricky Jean. And he forgave me for the sins of my life at that moment. Listen, there is nothing that you have done that the Father will not still love you and forgive you. Jesus, Jesus, which leads me to this, Romans 10 and 9. How many know the scripture? If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You like that? So if I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, let's confess that. I confess that Jesus is the Lord, that he is the king. Now stop right there. I want you to do the rest, but I want you to pause for a moment. And this other part, and that is the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart. You know, heart belief is better than eyewitness belief. Did you know that? I never saw him rise again, but I received him in my heart and I know that he has risen again in my heart, in my mind, in my will, in my emotions. I know that Jesus has, uh, that he has risen again. I know this. But in the same way that I know that, I also, first of all, believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, if you've confessed that Jesus is the Lord, but you don't believe that he rose from the dead, then basically you're serving a dead king. 
I believe in Jesus. I just don't know about all that resurrection stuff. No, he actually rose from the dead. But first of all, we take part in his crucifixion, in his forgiveness. And, and after church today, when you go out into the front yard, you're going to find a cross and you're going to find some people out there with some grape juice and some bread. And we're going to break the bread. But this is what Jesus said. He said, this bread that is broken for you is, represents my body, which was broken. And this cup is the cup of the new covenant. The cup... Of my blood which was poured out for you. For without the shedding of blood you cannot be cleansed of your sins. So Jesus' blood re releases me of all of my sins. Anybody understand what that means? I'm, I'm saying your sins, your past, your wrongs, your hurts, your shame, your pain, your grief, your guilt, your sickness... Your wounds. Jesus dealt with all of it when he went to the cross. So now you can go to the Father and say, I'm guilty. And Jesus, through his blood, looks at you and says, I paid the price for your sins. I forgive you. I take your guilt. I take your shame. I take your past. And I throw it as far as the east is from the west. Okay, okay. It's Easter. I'm supposed to be talking about the resurrection. I am, alright? So the resurrection. Mark chapter 16, verse 2. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. The tomb where they laid Jesus. They wrapped his body and laid him in the tomb. He was dead. Dead, dead. He wasn't allowed off the cross unless he was very, very dead. It was a Roman principle. It was their policy. They were really great at killing people on crosses. They said among, among themselves, who will roll the stone away from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw the stone had been rolled away. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in long white robes sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. And, but he said to them, do not be alarmed. I mean, angel of the Lord. Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? Go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. So, so Jesus appears to the women. Uh, he appears to the disciples over and over again. Uh, there is not five or six witnesses. There are hundreds, thousands of witnesses that Jesus revealed himself to. Uh, this, this is really powerful. Uh, it's so much that people were willing to give their own lives for the message that Jesus was alive. People think, well, these people were duped. No, they saw Jesus, all right? They saw Jesus. Did I ever tell you that uh, I had a great-grandmother named Lucy? Isn't that great? Lucy, do you know how I know I had a great-grandmother named Lucy? My father told me that his grandmother's name was Lucy. He said, well, you weren't there. How do you know? My father told me. Do I have to preach about that anymore? I mean, this is settled. It was settled for generations and generation after generation. We raised children who believed that Jesus Christ lived. And we have people now that have laid their life down for centuries. Listen, there are great holocausts that have taken place on our planet. But more people have been killed because they believe and would not deny the name of Jesus than anybody else on the entire planet. Google it. Not right now, some other time, but it's the truth. So, 
And then in John chapter 20, on the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed. So all of these things are true, that he is alive, and that he sits at the right hand of the Father. According to Revelation chapter 1, verse 17, uh, Jesus actually was seen by John. Uh, he was taken so that he could see where Jesus was. And Jesus said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who, is, who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of Hades and death. In other words, you don't have to be afraid to die because I now am in charge of death. Which brings me just two more statements I don't want to make to you. I want to make one. Everyone who believes in Jesus overcomes death. I want to tell you that, first of all, and you know 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry and a command with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. All right. Isn't that good news? So we don't have to be afraid of dying. God so loved the world. John 3, 16 says that he gave his only begotten son and whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So here's the promise. Even if you're dead, you're still alive. That's the truth, okay? Now, I have been serving as a pastor for a long, long time. And uh, in serving as a pastor here for many, many years, some of you, uh, I'm telling you, there, there, are, there are people that are adulting right now. I'm saying, like, you have jobs and out of college, and, and I dedicated you when you were a baby right here at this church. Anybody here that could confess that that's the truth? Anybody that I, any, they're not in the room? Where did they go? All right, so, yeah, you're waving at people, so. And then, yeah, keep pointing. And then uh, I also, because that uh, of my tenure here, my time that the Lord has provided for me to serve here, I have a suit that I use to marry people. Okay? I call it my marrying suit. Okay? And uh, did I do any weddings of anybody in this room? Anybody just wave at me? Did a lot of weddings. Okay? I also use that suit for burying people. I have buried a lot of people. I don't know if you realize I've buried a lot of people. I, uh, this, in, within the last month and a half, uh, three, you know. In one week, I did three services in one week. Uh, we are, our precious, uh, you know, Jennifer's husband, Spencer, who passed away. Uh, Dick Welsh, uh, who, 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 who passed away. And then, you know, uh, the Volava family, you know, I love my Volava family so much. I see Tiffany back there, you know. And, uh, then just a couple weeks ago, Scott, Steve's youngest son, passed away, and, and I did his service. I've done a lot of services. You know, I preached my own mother's service in 2003. This kind of hits home to us pretty heavy today because you were probably missing our loudest worshiper this morning. Yes. Welfa, the thank you lady, okay? <laughs> All right, we'd get, we'd get worshiping, am I right? And uh, you'd hear somebody from the back, and they would say, Thank you! That's Welfa, all right? When worship got going and got kicking. Uh, in fact, if you were in church last Sunday, she was singing and celebrating, and I was, I was just kind of ex expounding a little bit on the word, and I stopped, and I said, you know, I love authentic worship. I love it when people are just not pressured or their arm doesn't have to be twisted. They just love God. And I said, kind of like Welfa, who's always loud, you know. I mean, when she gets going, it's like, thank you, you know. And uh, that's just authentic. And, you know, she suddenly passed, and 
Uh, our hearts are just really heavy. We love having Sheldon on the drums, you know. He's here today playing, and we love him and celebrate him. I was, I was saying this. I was saying this. Heaven is a lot louder right now. Because before it was like, holy, 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 and now it's like, holy, holy, holy! You know, and somebody started, no! Thank you! Yeah. Come on, let's all do a great wealth of thank you right now. Come on. Thank you! The reason I tell you that is because I want you to understand that Jesus has already dealt with death. And all of us will pass through a door that we don't necessarily look forward to passing. But that is not the end. Because Jesus holds the keys of death and hell and the grave. Because my faith is in the Lord Jesus. When I leave this cool little body that Jesus gave me, one day I'm going to be with Jesus forever. Somebody shout thank you. But Jesus didn't wait. In the Bible there, he just has this thing he does. Like... The widow of Nain, anybody remember that story? Her son had died, and Jesus walked up and raised him right in the middle of the funeral procession. That had to be weird. Jairus' daughter, the leader of the synagogue, his daughter was sick. Jesus got there. She had died. He said, I want you to get up. Come alive. Lazarus, his good friend who had died, he walked to Lazarus' tomb after he had been gone for four days, and he said, roll the stone away. They rolled the stone away, and he said, Lazarus! come forth and Lazarus actually came back into his body and walked out in grave clothes and he said unwrap him unwrap him and he delivered him back to Mary and Martha his sisters now these are powerful stories in the word of God but I want you just to understand this that when you consider what Jesus does on resurrection when you consider this you need to understand that Jesus rose from the dead but he had already established this truth. I don't like death. I'm going to do battle with death for everyone so they never have to be afraid of death again. So Jesus rose from the dead. This is not the only come alive moment in the scripture. I'm going to give you one more come alive moment. And that is, uh, it gives us a reality. Even if you're not dead, you can come alive. I'm going to say that again. Even if you're not dead, you can come alive. All right? And, and this is out of Luke's gospel, chapter 15, verse 24. All right? It's a weird scripture because it's the same statement that Jesus uses when he raises people from the dead. It is alive. Use the word alive. Okay? Jesus is doing this. Let me give you the context. The religious people don't like Jesus because he hangs out with sinners. Okay, let me tell you. You got to have some sinner friends. Can I get an amen from somebody? You need to know some people that don't know the God that you serve. These people wanted Jesus, but every time they showed up at church, everybody said, they're here. You know. But Jesus would hang out with them and talk with them. And out of that, they came to him and they said, who do you think you are hanging around sinners? Jesus responded with several stories. One of them was the story of a lost lamb, a lost sheep. Anybody remember that story? The shepherd will leave the 99 and he will go and find the one that's lost. And then he told another story. It was the story of a prodigal son. This is a story that always gets a bad rap. Okay? I apologize if you've heard the bad rap version of it. I'm not saying it's a rap song. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it gets a bad rap because we always bust on the kid. 
And there's really not a lot that you can say negative about him. All right. So imagine you lived in a family and you had money set aside for all of your children for when they if they ever leave the house that they can take this money and go. Kind of like a college fund, only times a hundred. Okay? And this father had this for his children. And one of the children said, Dad, I want to go ahead and go. I'm going to do this on my own. And he went away and he took that money. People say, Well, that's just, you know, that's so bad. And I'm thinking, how many would like some of your don't like raise your hand, you know, you know. Are they ever gonna No. Anyway, so he left. And then after he left, he did some things he shouldn't have done. How many ever left your house and did some things you should not have done? Anybody? Okay. Okay. I'm going to put my hand down because I don't want to be known. This is, no. Okay. I'll put my hand too. All right. So, and out of that, he spent some money he should not have had spent and he had to go get a job. I respect that so much. Anybody else respect that? Anybody? I mean, I appreciate it when somebody will just go get a job. Anybody appreciate that? Sometimes you have to work. You say, hey, would you help me? And you say, well, you know, you're like two legs, two arms. You got like a, go find yourself a job. You say, well, I can't find anything good enough. We'll find something else until you can. So there are some parents right now that want to shout amen right now. All right, so. Now watch. There was, he got a job. There was a famine in the land. So there was a massive recession. He didn't have enough money hardly to feed himself. And he looked, he was working in a pigsty, and he said, maybe I should just eat the pig food. And then the Bible says that he came to himself. Say that with me. He came to himself. And when he came to himself, praise God, he said, I could go back to my father's house because in my father's house, even the servants have more than I have. And the father is sitting out on the front porch because ever since his son went away, he's been praying for him, hoping that one day he would see him again. And he saw his son coming from a distance. And the words of his father are this. My son was dead and now he is alive. He was lost. And now he is found. So here's what I'm saying. You don't have to be going through the death of a loved one to feel death. Come on, you don't have to. Some of you need to understand this. You might be grown up right now and say, well, what does this resurrection mean to me? You know, maybe you're a young adult or a teenager. What does this mean to me? I'm going to live for a long time. I'm telling you that you can have grief without losing a loved one. You can have victimization. You can have abandonment. You can feel unloved. You can have loss of a job. You can just go through a bad time. You can have relational brokenness that takes place. You're going through a divorce. It's like you, you're, you're alone and, and, and life just really stinks right now. And you just feel like death even though you're not in a tomb. The prodigal son is that guy. In fact, the kingdom of God is about people just like him. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus says this. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. How many of you had your spirit broken before? Anybody ever had that? And it lasts. Or blessed are those who mourn. How many have been in grief? Anybody been in grief? Now, I'm going to tell you this again. You don't have to have somebody die to be in grief. You'll go through grief just through broken relationships. You can go through grief because of something that's happened in your family. You can go through grief just because of other kinds of loss. The same kind of denying. The same kind of struggle. You can go through it. Uh, and, and then he says, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Anybody had strength but you, you just felt angry. You like to punch somebody out but you just, 
you just can't. You can't deal with your stuff. And you'd like to complete some things. You don't know where to put your issues. Or Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they shall be filled. Anybody ever been hungry for God? And just felt like you were so far away from God? Your past, your guilt, your shame. Listen. Guilt is a prison. Shame is a prison. Poverty is a prison. Grief can be a prison. But the Lord would like to resurrect you no matter what the conditions of your life. He would like to help you to raise you out of your pain. I'm about to finish this. Let me. There are people that you're sitting with today that could tell you a story if you asked them. And they would say, if it had not been for Jesus. People who have been raised from literally the dead. I mean, I can't even tell all your stories right now. But I could stop and here and I could stop here. I could stop here and here and here and here and here. And I could tell stories. I'm pointing to people and you know what I'm telling you. Some of you, the things that you have walked through in your life. That if it had not been for the resurrecting power of Jesus, you would have stopped. You would not be breathing right now. Now, I'll even point the finger right back here at me. I'm telling you, I have been in enough grief and pain where I looked at my world and thought I would be a lot better dead than alive. I don't know why you have me on the planet. I, I have been through pain. I have been through hurt. I have relationships in here. You know, people in this room who have went through brokenness in your relationships. You know, and you say, you know, you say, well, you know, it's just... It's, People don't understand the pain of those particular moments, but they're sitting in here right now that are together. People who have lost loved ones, people who have been victimized and who have been hurt. I was thinking about Tim. He's out running around somewhere in the church, but anybody know white-haired Jesus? Anybody know white-haired Jesus? Runs around barefoot all the time. He was telling me 10 years ago. Oh, is he up there? He's out front. Oh, he's up there in the balcony. Hey, Tim. This is white-haired Jesus. Okay. Ten years ago, Tim was in the hospital with a hole in his stomach from the addictions. And uh, am I right, Tim? Am I telling you a story? Okay. From the wounds in his life. And a lot of that came from brokenness that had not been resolved. I mean, he'd been through living water so many times. Now I can quote it. So, but, but today, I don't know if, if Tim would flex, you could see his muscles from here. Okay. All right. Now, Tim is a lot older than me. Slight sarcasm, but, but uh, in his age group, he regularly wins the obstacle course races. He's like that tough mutter guy now. He's healthy. He's strong. He's got a job. He's doing well in his life. And if you ask him how that happened, he would tell you. He walked into Freedom Fellowship once. And he found people that loved him and he surrendered his life to the Lord Jesus. And his life has been completely changed. Or the Salter sitting here on the front row. I mean, at one time in their life, not long ago, their marriage was gone. It was trash. It, but, but they wouldn't stop trusting the Lord. The Lord brought them back together, healed their lives, healed their home, healed their marriage, and they're leading marriage ministry now. No, I would, but... You know, the stories of your life. I mean, when I know the stories of some of the people in this room, I mean, I mean, your testimony, Cynthia, your, your testimony is too heavy for me to even share. But 
when I see your daughter, in fact, why don't you come on up here on the platform? Why don't you come on up? You know, when I, get your guitar out. When I see your daughter, when I see your brand new daughter, Dasha, that you guys have adopted from the Ukraine, and I see what the Lord is doing in your life to set other children free, and how that the enemy tried to destroy you, and you guys took all of that and came together, and out of the, the gift of, of mercy from God, you're sitting here. I mean, there are people that can't survive that stuff, but we have people in this room on this Resurrection Sunday that would say, Satan tried to kill me. But Jesus raised me from the dead. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I'm telling you this. I'm telling you. I, I, I want to I just pour this into your heart. Receive this. Would you receive this? Okay, let me just, let me just do it this way. How many in this room understand when I say you can go through something in your life that is so overwhelming, it feels like death. All right, now watch this. Put your hands back down. How many of you in this room could lift your hand and say, I'm going through that right now? Yes. Okay. I hear you. I got a song for you. Okay, I'm not going to sing it. Don't say hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> Christelle and Danielle are going to sing it. But I remember the song when I was a kid. Okay, when I was a kid, I'd go to these, you know, to these revival meetings with my oldest parents, you know. Hallelujah. And they'd always sing this song about graves. It was, ain't no grave going to hold my body down. When I get up out of the ground, going to hear the trumpet sound. And all it was was about that one kind of death. But then... Last year, somebody rewrote it, and Christelle and Danielle are going to sing it. Welcome, Christelle and Danielle. Stella to sing all about Christella Daniels. Oh, shame is a prison, as cruel as a grave. Shame is a robber, and he's come to take my name. Oh, love is my redeemer. Lifting me up from the ground Oh, love is the power Where my freedom song is found There ain't no
history, this song always sounded like walking music. You know, anybody have music you run to? This is like walking music, is what it is. You can almost hear the steps, you know. You almost hear it. And I'm thinking, when Jesus rose from the dead, how many believe he walked out of the tomb? I mean, Lazarus walked out, right? So we need to go. Anybody, anybody agree with the music? Anybody agree with the song? Anybody agree with the word? Just say, yes, I agree. Let's say this. I confess that Jesus is the Lord. I believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead. I'm going to add this. I choose life. Some of you are, have been in a grave. Some of you are confessing Jesus right now and you say, do I have to run down the altar to give my life to Jesus? No, you do not. Right where you are, you can confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You ought to go tell somebody like me or a friend, you need to get in a good church. You know? But get this. There are also individuals in this room that are just, you relate to what I'm saying. You're going through mess. You're just going through struggle. And you would like to say, today I'm taking a step and I choose life. I choose not to be in this grave anymore. I've been in too much of the abandonment, too much of the hate, too much of the anger, too much of the shame, too much of the fear. And today I'm walking out of my grave. Come here. Come just walk to me. Just start walking to me. Just start walking to me. Walk to me right now. Today is my day. Just walk up to me. Walk up to me. Come on down, come on down. Sing a little bit of Ain't No
minute, okay? Let's listen to what happened to her yesterday. You were, you were on a bus, right? Yeah, I was on a bus yesterday um, coming from Military Circle. And I have my daughter beside me, and there was a guy in the bus. I don't know what religion it is. And he started arguing on the bus with someone. So I was sitting there, and I said to myself, even though I'm not a Christian, but I find myself going to church more than a month now to this church. I said, I'm gonna, I'm, I have to get up and say something or shut him up. So he was there, so I said to him, so you're saying that there is no God? And he said, yes, there is no Jesus. So I said to him, listen to me. Have you ever feel pain? You, um, have you ever have a toothache or a stomachache? And he said, why you said that? And I said to him, I never see Jesus. And if you never see Jesus, but you have pain. It's just the same thing. You cannot see pain, but you can feel pain. So that's why I said, I cannot see Jesus, and I never see Jesus, but I believe there is Jesus, because I never see pain, but I feel pain. So I know there is and Jesus. And you feel Jesus. And I feel Jesus. <laughs> and, and you've been coming to this church for a few months, never been a Christian. You sound like one now. We're going to pray with these people here, okay? Now, on your listen, I'm going to dismiss some of you in a moment. We're going to stay and pray. Uh, and I know you'll start stepping out. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And when he broke it, he gave it to his disciples and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Receive this in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup and he said, This is the cup of the new covenant. My blood, which is given for you. Receive it in remembrance of me. On your way out the door, not only do we have books for you to begin your devotions, but we also have communion and people that will be serving and helping you in the front yard. Would anybody like to receive communion on your way? Just stay. Don't be in a rush. Take your time. Now, before you leave, I also want you to join hands with somebody and just pray for one another. I know y'all don't know that person. Go ahead. Grab their hand. Would you do that? Go ahead and grab somebody's hand. Not up here in the altar. We're going to pray with you, but all around the congregation, grab hands with somebody. Would you do that? And I want you to pray. Would you do that? Father, I pray that you would raise everyone in this room to life again. I pray that every grave would be open. I pray that shame and guilt and fear, I pray that those things lost would be defeated. And they would walk from this place victorious. I say it in the holy name of the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. I say grave be opened in the name of Christ. Amen. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious to you and give you peace. Come back and see us next Sunday. Be dismissed when you choose.